Good morning. <laughs> I love the Lord's sense of humor because literally everything that has been said earlier, what Hannah said, what my dad said, what Ty said, what, what's been being repeated constantly was the promises of God and the power of those promises. Uh, the last couple of weeks, the church has been focused on our thinking and our mindset. Alan talked about poo, and I remember it so much because he said poo, but it's the point of origin of your thoughts. Is it coming from God or is it coming from the enemy? Is it coming from truth or is it coming from a lie? And Alicia spoke about listening to the right voice. And is that coming from the enemy? Is it, are you making your life based on a lie or are you making your life based on truth? So today I'm going to give a short message before the question and answer panel about the promises of God. I know many of us have received promises of God about our purpose, about our ministry, and even answers to prayers or even healings. The Bible often compares promises of God to seeds, plants, and fruits. And there were many reasons that God did this, but I chose three to speak about today. Firstly, seeds only release in the right environment. There are certain types of seeds, the pine cones, eucalyptus, and banksia seeds that only sprout after a forest fire because there's a resin that surrounds the seed and the seed is released only after that time. The Lord will prepare you before you go into any situation. He doesn't want to see you fall, so he'll prepare you before you go into a trial. In James 1 verse 2, it says, Count it all joy as you fall into various trials. Secondly, with plants, the growth of a plant is determined by the soil that you place it in. If you do not tend to the plant, or if the soil is overcrowded, the plant will not grow. If you place a plant into a small pot, even if it's a tree, it won't grow past the pot because it's limited by what it's in. If the soil has thorns or weeds, It'll take away nutrients and fight for the sunlight for the plant to grow. If you do not nurture the promises that the Lord gives you, or if you focus on the things that have no meaning, that don't go into your purpose, don't go into your promises, and have no importance to you, you will miss what the Lord has for you. And the third reason I'm going to give to you later, because it'll make more sense later. Now, I know some of you might be wondering, why is he talking about plant biology plant ecology, but the Lord revealed to me, just like a plant sprouts from a seed, our promises sprout into our future ministry or answers to prayer or even just our normal future. However, I feel like many of us have not seen the fruit of those promises. We haven't seen the fruit in our lives. Why haven't I seen people get healed? Why am I not able to give words of prophecy? Why am I not speaking and pouring into the lives of others. And we've seen other people do it. We see people come here, walk in their promises, walk in their ministry, giving words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and, and seeing healing. But you still have a choice to make. Will you give up on the promise after being discouraged, or you make the decision to contend and prepare yourself for when the promise comes to pass in your life? In Proverbs 13, 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, 
But when, not if, it doesn't say if, it says when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Your hope may be deferred or put off, but the Lord is always, always faithful to his word. So now I'll be reading from John chapter 18, verse 10. And I'd like to give a little background before I go into it. It's Jesus in the garden with his disciples, and he went there to pray after the Passover feast. Judas brought the priest and soldiers to arrest Jesus. And in verse 10, it says, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. I always wondered why it mentioned the right ear. So I searched the Bible for the first mention of the right ear, and the first time it is seen, it is used in the consecration process of the priest in Exodus chapter 29, verse 20. But in that verse, it's talking about consecration. They would get a ram and sacrifice it and get its blood and anoint the, e the right ear first of a priest, the right thumb, and then the right toe on the foot. And the Lord showed me the purpose in this. When you receive a word, you must listen and understand the word. With your thumb, grab hold of it and hold it close to you. Because without your thumb, you can't hold things. In biblical times, when a king was captured, what they would do, they would cut off his thumb and his right toe so he can't hold a sword in battle and he can't stand with his men to fight. And thirdly, with your right toe, you must walk out the promise. Now, back to John, Jesus told his disciples 12 times that he was going away and coming back to them. Eight of those times, he said it in the Passover meal not long before, less than three hours before. He told them eight times, I'm going away and I'm coming back. I'm going away, I'm coming back. I'm going away, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit in my place and he will be with you. He says that in John. However, Peter skipped the process of listening, and he grabbed hold of his sword instead of the word, and he cut off the right ear of the servant. Peter did not understand that Jesus was willing to be arrested and taken. Peter heard the word, but he did not understand it. The Lord made promises to you, and you must meditate and listen to them before you can act on them. Peter missed the word, and he acted on his own accord. And later on, when Peter saw Jesus' tomb was empty, he went back into his old lifestyle. I know on Sundays, we see the Lord moving, we feel his presence, but then we have to go back into our house situations. We have to go back to that place. We have to go back to our workplace where we don't see the Lord move, where everything might seem against us, but the Lord is still there. Peter, when he faced adversity, and when it seemed like there would be no hope, there still was. When he went back into his normal life, he gave up and stopped walking in the promises that Jesus spoke to him. But even then, Peter was still restored. After Jesus comes back and he visits his disciples, he renews Peter's heart, and Peter even gives the first sermon of the testimony of Christ on Pentecost. The Lord is faithful to fulfill his promise. Your promises are not based on whether God will fulfill it, rather by if you will listen 
to and follow the word. Now, we go to another person in the Bible who faced adversity and had many choices and many opportunities to give up on that promise. Joseph was the son of Jacob or Israel, and he was loved by his father more than his brothers. He was the youngest, youngest brother before the other one was born, but he was the youngest, and his father loved him more than his other brothers. He even gave him a coat of many colors to show that he was different and that he loved him more. And his brothers hated him even more for it. But one day when his brothers were tending the flock, Joseph was sent by his father to go check on them. And a far ways off, his brothers saw Joseph and they wanted to kill him because they hated how much his father loved him more. But the oldest brother, Reuben, saw his brother and he convinced them to throw him in a hole instead. So they do that, and Reuben goes to get his father and save Joseph later. But while he was gone, his brothers saw a slave trader come by, and they decided to sell him into slavery in Egypt. But once we start walking into our purpose and our destinies, the enemy will try anything to take it away or keep it from coming to happen. But every time the enemy tries to do something to destroy us, the Lord will turn it around for his good. As a slave in Egypt, Joseph worked his way up under Potiphar, the captain of the guard for Pharaoh. But another situation occurred, even though he was in that high point. Potiphar's wife framed Joseph for adultery, and she wanted to destroy him. But Joseph had a choice. He was in that comfortable position under Potiphar. He could have said yes to her. He could have stayed in that position. He could have, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. He could have made the decision to stay there because it was safe. He was in this high position under the captain right under Pharaoh. But he knew that the promise of God in his life was greater than what was happening in his physical life. In Genesis 39, 23, it says, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, Joseph, the Lord made it prosper. The promises of God are not determined by your situation. Rather, it is determined on whether or not you have cultivated a place where nothing can take the promise away from you. We often get distracted by things that go on in life, the weeds and the thorns that take us away from focusing on the promises of God. It keeps us from nurturing that promise, cultivating that promise, praying into that promise because there are lies from the enemy because he does not want you to walk into your purpose and destiny. And I know I say nurture and cultivate pretty often, but I feel like I haven't given an appropriate definition for them. By nurturing... I mean constantly asking, seeking, and praying, and listening back to that word, and looking for the answer or next step towards God's promises. Now, I know I said earlier I had three reasons, and I'm going to say the third reason now. The third reason that God uses fruits, plants, and seeds is because the fruit of a plant is limitless. Once a seed develops into a plant, and begins to produce fruit, it is near impossible to measure what will be produced by the seeds of that fruit. The impact of your life 
is infinite and there's no way to measure the lives that will be touched because of your obedience, because of your purpose, and because of your destiny that God has given you. So now you have a choice. And my question today is, will you cultivate and nurture the promises of God or will you focus on the things in life that take away from that promise? Thank you.